0: Welcome. Hey, hey there, skinny peeps. I am so glad you have tuned in with me today. Today's date is November 4th, 2019. We are smack dab in the middle of fall and we are also in our Uh, the Road to Jericho series where we are walking through the first six chapters of the book of Joshua. If you are new here with us, I am so glad you are here. My name is Bevan Caramello and I am the founder of this podcast ministry and it is my great joy and privilege to be here with you today. In our last episode, we walked through Joshua chapter 3. It was called Amazing Things Tomorrow, and we talked about preparing today for what God will do tomorrow, and we talked about three basic spiritual disciplines, okay? Spiritual disciplines, meaning if it's a discipline, meaning that um, we do it even when we don't feel like it, right? So the three that we talked about, the first one was church and worship, okay, Corporate worship there at like a church at church services, um, and then number two was daily Bible time, and our third one was prayer. Today we are going through. Uh, Joshua chapter four, and you guys, this one is this is this is one of those chapters in the Bible that is just really personal for me. Uh, It's written on my heart, truly a part of me and a part of my life, and it's um, special to my family. My kids may not be able to tell you where to find the story about stones of remembrance but they could definitely tell you those words, stones of remembrance. They've heard it from me before. Um, This is just one of those pieces of scripture that God has used to shape part of my life um, through the redemption of part of my past. So I'm going to tell you guys a little bit more about that as we're reading through it. But um, just suffice to say for now at the beginning that stones of remembrance— um, can be a really powerful thing. So I want us to pick up where we left off in chapter three. I'm going to read the last verse of chapter three for us just so we can kind of remember what was going on. And then we will head into chapter four. So if you've got your Bibles with you today, um, pull them out and turn to Joshua chapter three. We'll be at, start at verse 17, then move on over to chapter four. If you don't have your Bible with you or you are driving, that is no problem. You know, I'm going to read it all for us. Okay. Joshua three seventeen. it says, the priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. Okay. Remember we talked about that. In our last episode, the entire nation of Israel crossed the Jordan River on dry ground. The priests went into the river first, and the river stopped. Okay? They were holding the Ark of the Covenant. And while they stood in the middle of the river, the rest of the nation of Israel crossed over on dry ground. So we are talking hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people, okay, crossing over on dry Dry ground and all their cattle, their um all their livestock, their belongings, everything, women, children, men of all ages um, crossing this river. Okay, um, let's move on into chapter four. It says, When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose 12 men from among the people one from each tribe, and tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priest stood, and to carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites. Okay, guys, they're taking these stones up on their shoulder to hike them up and then carry them over to where they're going to camp for the night and they're going to put them down. So these were not pebbles. Okay. These are not just little like, um, skipping stones that they're going to throw across the water. These are huge, huge stones that these men are having to heave up onto their shoulder to get them across. Okay. Pick it back up with me. um, in verse six, These stones are to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. So the Israelites did as Joshua commanded them. They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, as the Lord had told Joshua. And they carried them over with them to their camp where they put them down. Joshua set up the 12 stones that had been in the middle of the Jordan at the spot where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant had stood. And they are there to this day. Verse 10, now the priests who carried the ark remained standing in the middle of the Jordan until everything the Lord had commanded Joshua was done by the people. Just as Moses had directed Joshua, the people, the people hurried over. Let's pause right there for just a second. I want us to look a little bit more closely at verse 10 while I point something out for us that just jumped out at me. Um, I love this word here. Everything. It says, Now the priests who carried the ark remained standing in the middle of the Jordan until everything the Lord had commanded Joshua was done by the people. So I love right here because we see, again, complete obedience. Partial obedience is really disobedience, right? We kind of um, bend things sometimes um, to bargain with ourselves and and make ourselves not feel so bad about um, our disobedience. But partial obedience is really disobedience. And right here we see complete obedience on behalf of um, Joshua and and the Israelite people. They did everything that they were commanded to do. Okay, let's keep going. Um, Verse 11, the people hurried over and as soon as all of them had crossed the ark of the Lord and the priests came to the other side while the people watched, the men of Reuben Gad and the half tribe of Manasseh crossed over, armed in front of the Israelites and Moses, just as Moses had directed them. About 40,000 armed for battle crossed over before the Lord to the plains of Jericho for war. Okay, remember, guys, these tribes that we just read about Reuben, Gad, and the half tribe of Manasseh, these are the tribes that had already been given their inheritance on the east side of the Jordan. Okay, there was some some lands there. um, We talked about this in in previous episodes that they had already conquered the peoples living there. Okay, and these three tribes were going to settle. Moses had already given them the land on the east side of the Jordan. They were going to settle there. It was land that was really good for large herds. And so this was also part of their inheritance. And so they had already received this, but they were still commanded by God through Moses to help their brothers, the other tribes, to take possession of their lands as well. Okay? Cuz those people those people their brothers all those other tribes they helped them conquer their lands and now um they're going to cross over and help the rest of their brothers conquer um the rest of it, okay? So um, then once they're finished, then they can go back home. We learned about this back in Joshua chapter 1, verses 12 through 15, if you want to go back and, and get a refresher on that. okay. So that is what's happened, and they've all crossed over, about 40,000 men armed for battle. They are expecting a big war, right? It says, um, verse 13, about 40,000 armed for battle, crossed over before the Lord to the plains of Jericho for war. That day, the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel, and they revered him all the days of his life, just as they had revered Moses. Then the Lord said to Joshua, command the priests carrying the ark of the testimony to come up out of the Jordan. So Joshua commanded the priests, come up out of the Jordan and the priests came up out of the river carrying the ark of the covenant of the Lord. No sooner had they set their feet on dry ground than the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and ran at flood stage as before. Verse 18 right there. You guys, the river is high. This is the time of year when the river is at flood stage. And Joshua's making a point of telling us that here, right? And I love the words that he uses, no sooner. Verse 18, it says, no sooner had they set their feet on dry ground than the waters of the Jordan returned to that flood stage. No sooner. The priests holding the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. No sooner had they set their feet than the waters come rushing down again. You guys, the moment God is removed from this situation, what happened? The river is rushing again, right? The moment God is removed from any situation, things are quickly back to where they were before. That's what this spoke to me. We have got to stay with Him. We have got to stay in step with His Holy Spirit and in step with His power in order to do mighty things. As soon as the priests holding the Ark of the Covenant, which represented the presence of God among the Israelites, as soon as they stepped out of that riverbank onto the bank, out of the river, the floodwaters, the waters of the river returned to flood stages. Galatians 5.25 says, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. You guys, what does this look like for you? What does keeping in step with the Spirit look like for you? Take a second and just think about that. The Ark of the Covenant represented God's presence among them. What is God's presence among you and you staying close to Him, right next to Him, in cadence with Him? What does that mean for you? Does it mean that you are guarding your eyes with what you're watching on Netflix or what you're searching on the internet? Maybe it means that you are um, being intentional about your time, the amount of time that you spend on social media. Does it mean that you are in step with God in regards to your finances What is the Spirit speaking to you? Maybe for you, it is literally about where you go or where you're headed next. To be in step with the Spirit, it could be that move that God's calling you to or that new job maybe that God is directing you to take or not to take. Is there anything in your life that's gone kind of cattywampus or that's gone (laughs) topsy-turvy. I love those words. And maybe that part of your life, as you imagine it, it, just kind of feels upside down. It's no longer in sync with God. You can just sense, you can feel it, that you are out of step. You're no longer in step with the Spirit and what God wants for you and for your life. You guys, I got to tell you, watch out. If the Spirit is speaking to you and you are feeling convicted about any certain purpose, any certain plan, any certain part of your life, watch out because when we remove God from any part of our lives, we can be sure that those floodwaters, they are coming for us. Remember, we just read in verse 18, and the priests came up out of the river, carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. And no sooner had they set their feet on dry ground than the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and ran at flood stage as before. Okay, let's keep going. Verse 19. On the tenth day of the first month, the people went up from the Jordan and camped at Gilgal on the eastern border of Jericho. And Joshua set up at Gilgal the 12 stones they had taken out of the Jordan. He said to the Israelites, in the future, when your descendants ask their fathers, what do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan Just what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. So, you guys, as we think about this, these stones of remembrance that Joshua had these men carry over to camp and place down on the ground in remembrance of what he had done, right? Verse 21 says, he said to the Israelites, in the future, when your descendants ask their fathers, what do these stones mean? What do these stones mean? These stones, these stones are supposed to tell God's story. Stones of remembrance as to what God has done and reminding us of his great power and what he can do again. Stones of remembrance for me in my own life tell a story of freedom as well, of a time of deliverance in my life when God delivered me from addiction, from a a battle that I had waged with him and only won because he was with me. Six years ago, going on seven now. So I've got six stones of remembrance that tell the story of his healing. And so every year in the month of March, I buy something for my home. Um, Not necessarily something really expensive. Um, Sometimes, although sometimes it uh, they have been (laughs) pricier. My husband will tell you. Um, Other times, not so much. But these stones of remembrance, they tell a story. And so when someone compliments it, when somebody tells me that that's a beautiful mirror or somebody tells me that they love that table runner, those are two different things in my house. One of the table runners um, that I got one year came from Honduras as God led me into mission um, in the month of March. And I brought my stone of remembrance back that year. Um, from my first trip to Honduras to serve with a ministry there that I've spoken about before called Casa de Astaire that I just absolutely love. Um, and so that table runner not only reminds me of that time there and what he's called me to now, delivered and walking in freedom with him, but it reminds me of my precious girls at Casa de Astaire. I just love it. But these stones of remembrance, they tell his story of healing and freedom in my life. So we need to remember God's deliverance, right? Our stories should point others to him. So, whatever it is, whatever you've overcome, if you need to start laying down stones of remembrance, maybe it's actual stones, maybe you put rocks in your flower bed. Um, Maybe it's journal entries that you write at a certain part of every week or every month or every year. Maybe it's framed pictures. Maybe it's tattoos. Whatever it is, they should point to Him. Our stories, our stones should tell His story. And um, just like we see in verse 23 here where Joshua talks about God drying up the Red Sea, so the Israelites could cross when they were fleeing Egypt with Moses. Now he talks about it again. He just did it again with the Jordan. I think sometimes we need to be reminded that what God did before, he can do again. That's what these stones, they reminded him. He did it once with the Red Sea. He did it again with the Jordan. Whatever you're facing, he can do it again. If you've fallen off the wagon, there is new mercy every morning. Start over tomorrow. If your marriage is falling apart, you go back and you read that journal entry from the last time he delivered you and restored you and remind yourself that There's nothing he can't do. He can heal your marriage. He can put your life back together again. He can pull you from the depths of addiction, from the depths of depression, whatever it is that you're going through. Verse 24 He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful. And so that you might always fear the Lord your God. Our God is powerful. Pray with me. Lord, may we never forget the mighty works you have done in our lives. Lord, give us brave courage to tell your story. Lord, to speak of you and the freedom and love and joy that can only be found in you and in serving you and in fulfilling your purpose for our lives. Lord, I pray that when we tell our stories, your name might be made great. And that you might be glorified. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for the people who are listening to this message, Lord. I pray your mighty works for them, Lord. I pray that you would show yourself powerful. Lord, I pray that you would show yourself kind and loving and merciful and tender because that is who you are. You are faithful. We love you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Whoa, wow, well I'm so glad that you were with us today. Thank you for tuning in. And you guys, to my skinny peeps in China and India and New Zealand, I am praying specifically for you this week. I've decided I can see when there's new downloads in different countries. And although I don't know your names, I don't know your specific stories. I know that God does. And so I've started um, praying for you guys by country um, because as they keep adding up and adding up, I realize that um, there's just more and more skinny peeps out there. And so I'm going to start lifting you up by country. So India, China, New Zealand, you guys are on my heart this week. If you have not already found us on Facebook, I would love to connect with you there. Just search The Skinny with Jesus in Facebook and add yourself there. I am looking forward to being together again soon. Until next time, you know the drill. I am always praying for you and yours. Bye now.